There's something really, really inspiring that draws us in about movies that feature secret agents. I don't know about you, but when there's a movie, it's got a spy in it or a secret agent. There's something that kind of draws us in. And so whether that's uh, Ethan Hunt from the Mission Impossible movies or whether that's the massive James Bond franchise and all the different iterations of that or whether it's a movie like The Incredibles, any movies where we have these people who play this role of being special agents who go on this mission, have a specific purpose, and it's usually about trying to save other people and help other people, there's something that really draws us into that. And so as we talk about this idea of being people who are on mission today, I want us to kind of hold that mindset in, uh, in our heads, this idea of us being secret agents or special agents that Jesus has commissioned. We're most of the way through this series called Epic. So we're in episode six out of seven. And so next week will be our final episode uh, over this series that we've been walking through over the last couple of months. An opportunity for us to understand God's big story and to recognize that in that we find our sense of meaning and our sense of purpose and our sense of identity. And so, so far what we've covered is that we began with week one, which was called Designed, where we recognised that we were created for a purpose, that our belief is that God created us for a reason. And that reason was so that we could be in a full, complete relationship with him, to live in full, complete relationships with the people around us, and to live at peace with the world that God created. And that word peace is a word that we've been using all the way through this series to talk about what God's intent for us was to be able to live at peace, with wholeness and completeness and a sense of intimacy and closeness where we've got nothing to hide. That's what we were created for. But we recognised in episode two, which we called Broken, that we had a choice that God gave us. We had an option about whether we lived by God's original design or whether we chose to say thanks but no thanks. And as humanity, we said thanks for your advice, God, but we'd rather go our own way and do our own thing. And so we recognise that when we choose selfishness, that inevitably leads to brokenness. That when we choose what's best for me over loving others the way that God created us to, that creates a fracture in our relationship with God, in our relationship with the people around us, and it also creates fractures in terms of what our relationship is like with the world around us. But God didn't give up on us. Even though we chose to walk away from God's best, God didn't just say, well, that's it, I'm done with all of you. Instead, he chose a really big extended family that kept getting bigger and bigger called the Israelites. And so the journey of the Old Testament is the journey of God working with a group of people to try and help them understand what the original design was, to help them understand this is what it looks like to live in a full relationship with me, to live in a close relationship with the people around you and to look after this world. But the Israelites, over and over again, said, thanks, but no thanks. And they walked away from God's best. And instead, they chased after things like laws and thought, if you just tell us the rules, if you just tell us what we should do and just tell us what we shouldn't do, then everything will be great. But they kept finding loopholes and that didn't work out. They said, well, if you just give us land, if you just put us in the right environment, then everything will be really great and we'll live the way that we're supposed to. But that didn't work out. They said, if you just give us leaders, if you just give us kings who will rule over us and tell us how we're supposed to live, everything will be great. But that didn't work out either. And so the Old Testament is this journey of all the things that don't work. But there's also this unfolding story and this growing sense of expectation that at just the right time, someone is going to come. This person called the Messiah, the rescuer, the saviour, who's going to come and set things right once 
and for all, to restore what the original design was. And so episode four is called Presence, where we recognise that we're not alone in this story, that Jesus comes to earth to be the very presence of God with us, to show us exactly what God is like, to show us how to live by the original design, and also to set us free, to bring healing and wholeness and completeness into our lives. And then last week, we looked at episode five, which is satisfied, that because of Jesus, we don't have to strive, that because of Jesus' death on the cross, his sacrificial death for us, the sacrificial system is done away with, and now that full, complete relationship with God has been restored. It is finished, using the words that Jesus used. And so now it's not up to us trying hard enough It's about recognising what's being done for us and living out of the freedom that comes from that. So if you missed any of those or you want to catch up on them, you can have a listen to them on our website or on our Facebook page or if you're a podcast person, you can subscribe to our podcast. But it's really important to recognise all of that summed up together because that is the essence of what we believe as people who follow Jesus, that God created us for a purpose, And that purpose is so that we can be in a full relationship with him and live at peace with the people around us. And Jesus has come to give us the opportunity to do that. Jesus has come to do everything necessary for us to have that full, complete relationship with God and to be people who live out of that sense of peace that God has given. Last week, we focused a fair bit on Jesus' death and his sacrifice for us, which was appropriate but we didn't talk much about Jesus' resurrection, which we believe is equally as important. We don't just believe that Jesus came to live a life where he showed us what God's like, showed us how to live, and then died a sacrificial death for us. That would have been a really, really amazing story if Jesus had just come to show us all of those things and then had died on our behalf. That would have been a really great story, but it's not the end of the story. We also believe that Jesus rose again, that he came back from the dead. And so in doing so, he didn't just defeat selfishness and sin and brokenness and all of the implications of that, but Jesus has now defeated death itself. Death no longer has a hold over us. We believe that Jesus is the risen King Jesus, who is victorious and rules and reigns over everything and everyone. And so that means, as we focused on a little bit last week, that Jesus is here with us. Jesus is amongst us. Jesus isn't just some historical figure that was back there who we can learn from and be grateful for his death for us. Jesus is with us right here, right now, and in all of the moments of our lives that we experience, the very presence of God with us. And so Jesus' resurrection gives us a sense of hope a recognition that this isn't all that there is to life, that there is a time that will come when we have the opportunity to live the way that we were created to live. There is a time in the next life where we will get to live by the original design 100% of the time. But we also have hope that right here, right now, even in our darkest moments, Jesus is with us. He hasn't forgotten about us. He hasn't left us. He's here with us. But what's really fascinating in that is that we have the opportunity to experience that life that we will get to experience in the future, in the here and now. 
Jesus' resurrection opens that up to us as a possibility. That again, it's not just a sacrifice that we look back on, but now we can say we get to live as people of peace right here, right now. There's actually nothing else that needs to happen for us to live by the original design except us stopping that happening. So that's what we're going to focus on today. This idea that episode six is called Mission, where we all have a role to play. That Jesus' story, God's big story, isn't one that has finished and so that's it. We've talked about the story, that's the end of it. This story is actually unwritten in terms of the end of it because we are living in the story right now. And each one of us is a part of God's story right now. We have the opportunity to be a part of how this story continues to unfold. And in particular, we have the opportunity to be agents of peace, people who bring the very peace of God into all the different situations in which we live and move. So inside of Caring Connection, you have your teaching notes and uh, you also have your Q&A sheets. And so I want to remind you that we've got two weeks left for you to jot down questions. And uh, so the question box is at the back there. And uh, when we finish the series, we're going to take some time to unpack the questions that you've got from this. So if there's things that come up today that you're not sure about or want to explore further, then you can jot those down as we go through. And as I said, drop them off at the back at the end. So after Jesus' resurrection, he meets with his disciples And ultimately, they end up on this mountain or this hill. We're not exactly sure which hill it is, but it's one that we understand they would have gone to regularly and one which Jesus had given them instructions to go to. Matthew 28, verse 16 says, The eleven disciples went to the hill in Galilee where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, even though some of them doubted. Verse 17 is one of the most fascinating verses in the Bible to me. Here we have this group of disciples who have spent all of this time with Jesus, years with Jesus, learning from him, seeing him heal people, set people free. They've walked the journey with Jesus all the way to the cross. They've seen him die on the cross, but they've also seen him come back to life. This isn't the first time that they've seen Jesus. Jesus has spent a significant amount of time with them as the risen Jesus. And so now they're up on this mountain with Jesus And all of them are kind of worshipping and saying, Jesus, you're so amazing. It's incredible what you've done and who you are. But some of them doubted. That blows my mind to recognise that some of these people who'd spent all that time with Jesus and had all of those experiences with him still weren't sure, still had questions, still had doubts. And it's so incredibly encouraging for us because what Jesus says next is not, Okay, for those of you who don't doubt, you come over here because I've got a special mission for you and the rest of you who are doubting, you just sit over there and when you've got your doubts sorted out, then I'll talk to you. Jesus gathers all of them together, including the ones who are doubting, and he says, this is what I've got next for you, which is a great reminder to us. We don't have to have everything sorted out. We don't have to have all our questions answered. It's okay for us to wrestle with doubts and still be a part of the work that Jesus is doing around us and through us. And so Jesus draws near and he says to them, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Go then to all people everywhere and make them my disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And I'll be with you always to the end of the age. This is what's called the Great Commission. 
this commission that Jesus gives to his disciples, to his followers. And so a commission is a set of instructions that someone gives to someone else to say, you are now officially given this role and this task to go and do this. But we can also understand it as a co-mission. It's not a mission that we have to go and do by ourselves. It's a mission that Jesus says at the end, I will be with you. A co-mission that we do together with Jesus. And so these are the instructions that he gives them. Go, which is really, really important for us to recognise. Jesus doesn't say, stay together, form a holy huddle, spend time just looking out for each other and just keep it within what you've got here. He says, go, go into all the world. As you go and as you interact with your neighbours, as you go to work, as you go to different places, go out into all the world. And as you do, make disciples. Help other people to discover who I am and to put their trust in me and ultimately to get to a place where they want to be apprentices to me. Just like you have been, now go and create disciples wherever you go. Baptising them, so this significant thing that we recognise is helpful for us, a symbolic demonstration of what we believe about what Jesus has done. It's a decision to be able to say, I'm washed clean. Because of what Jesus has done for me, there's nothing that holds me back now but also this symbol of dying and rising again, saying I choose to let go of my life and to rise back with Jesus at the centre of who I am. This beautiful symbol that Jesus gives them to be able to use as a way of helping people to know this is what's happened. But also this beautiful symbol that we're in this together, a family practice, if you like, that we all do so that we can have this sense of knowing that it's not just about my personal relationship with God, I'm baptised into the family of God. Jesus then says to teach them to obey everything that I've told you. So all of the things that you've learned from me, all of the things that you've seen, go and teach those things to other people, but not just cognitively, intellectually help them understand it. Teach them to obey. Help them understand what it looks like to put those things into practice in their lives. And then these amazing words, I am with you. That as you go and do all of those things, you're not doing it on your own, I am with you in all the different places that you go. And so this is the core of what it means for us to be people who follow Jesus. Sometimes we wrestle with this question, what is God's plan for my life? What does Jesus want me to do with my life? This is it. This is the mission that every single one of us has been given, regardless of what else we do with our lives. We've been called to be people who go, help other people to discover who Jesus is, put their trust in him, and ultimately get to a place where they make Jesus the centre of their lives. That's the core of who we are as a church. This is our mission as a church as well, to go and help people to discover Jesus. Jesus also takes some time with his disciples to put this another way in Acts chapter 1. Verse 6, the disciples were meeting together with Jesus and they asked him, Lord, at this time will you give the kingdom back to Israel? Jesus said to them, times and occasions are set by my father's own authority and it's not for you to know when they will be. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll be filled with power and you'll be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It's interesting that again, even after everything that they've seen and everything that Jesus has taught them, the disciples are still hung up on this idea of the kingdom being restored to Israel. 
This mindset where it's kind of like, okay, Jesus, now that you've died and risen again, surely now you're in a place where you're going to take down the Romans. Surely this is the time when you're going to do that and restore Israel to its former glory. Still this understanding of Jesus as a Messiah who's going to come in and knock off the Roman government. But Jesus says, no, that's not the point. It isn't about being in a position of power. The power that you're searching for is actually going to come from within you through the Holy Spirit. And that power is given for one reason, so that you can be my witnesses. And we sometimes have a bit of a weird relationship with this word witnessing when we think about it as Christians, partly because some of us have seen that done in very bad ways. But when we think about the word witness in the context of a court case, we understand that it's simply about showing up and telling people what you've seen and what you experienced. If you're called to be a witness because there was a car accident and so you're called into court to say, what did you see? You don't have to come up with this full explanation about everything that's going on and your full understanding of all of it. You simply need to share what you saw, what you experienced. And so Jesus says, that's what you need to do. Go and tell people what you have learned. Go and tell people what you have experienced. Again, you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have all of your questions answered. Just go and witness, share what you have experienced. Do that locally in Jerusalem, here in the city where we are. Do it nationally in Judea and Samaria and go all the way to the ends of the earth. So Jesus gives this mission, this co-mission to his disciples. Go and tell people about me. Go and show them what you have learned and help them to put their trust in me as well. And so we know that the early church then explodes, that literally thousands and thousands of people do exactly that discover who Jesus is, make a decision to follow Jesus, get baptised, and so the church grows and flourishes. And then this mission has been passed on from generation to generation to generation, century through century, to right here in September 2019 here at Brooklyn Park. This mission has been passed on to us, to be people who embrace the mission that Jesus has given us as people who follow him to help people to understand what Jesus has done and what it looks like to follow him. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is a helpful passage for me about understanding exactly what that looks like and to give us some other language about what it means to be people who are on mission. We're going to read from the message translation. It says, Our firm decision is to work from this focused centre. One man died for everyone. That puts everyone in the same boat. He included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life, a resurrection life, a far better life than people ever lived on their own. It's a beautiful way of putting it. This is what our centre is. This is what's at the core of who we are. Jesus died for everyone. And so we're all equal. No one's better than anyone else and no one's worse than anyone else. We're all included in this resurrection life this life that is so much better and so much fuller and so much richer than anything that we could come up with on our own. Paul then continues in verse 16 and says, because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We looked at the Messiah that way once and got it all wrong, as you know. We certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now we look inside and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. 
The old life is gone, a new life burgeons. Look at it. It's so beautiful. It's recognition that we don't judge people anymore by what they look like or what they have. And Paul kind of gives a little bit of a jab and he says, we kind of looked at that with Jesus and uh, didn't think much of him and we kind of got that wrong. So now instead, we look inside. We recognise what people are like. That new life, a fresh start has happened inside of each one of us. And so we move forward together with that mindset. And then Paul says, all of this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. God put the world square with himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. God has given us this task of telling everyone what he's doing. We're Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God. He's already friends with you. And depending on which translation you look at, there are a whole bunch of different ways of understanding what this means. Agents of reconciliation. That we're people who understand that we've been reconciled with God. God's the one who initiates this, but the reconciliation has happened. If you have anything to do with accountancy or numbers, you know reconciliation means balancing everything. Everything is sorted out. Everything is finished. That's what God has done for us. And so now that God has balanced the books, now that God has cleared the debt and done everything necessary, we then have the privilege of going and doing that with other people to clear the debts, to balance the books in the way that we live our lives. Agents of reconciliation. Agents of restoration is another way of thinking about it, helping to bring restoration into people's lives. God has restored our relationship with him the way the original design always was. And so now he wants us to go and be people who restore relationships as we live our lives. We're Christ's representatives. Other translations talk about us being Christ's ambassadors. When you think about an ambassador, think about an Australian ambassador who goes overseas. They're someone who represents Australia. They live by Australian values. They help other people to understand what Australian life is all about. We're Christ's ambassadors. We're people who are supposed to show people what the Jesus life is all about. Help people to understand this is what's at the core of who Jesus is all about. We're his representatives as we live as citizens of the kingdom. And the core of all of that, the key message through all of that is simply this. Become friends with God because he's already friends with you. It's not about you trying to get this sorted out. It's done. It's finished. God has done everything necessary to show show you how much he loves you and to show you how much he likes you. Friends with God. So just drop all of the defences, drop all of the brokenness, drop all the stuff that gets in the way and become friends with God. That's the message that we're called to share with the people around us. So as we wrap up our message, I want to look at the same reflection question that we've used throughout this series. How does God's story shape my identity and my purpose? How does this part of God's story shape who I am and the reason that I'm here? What we understand is that every single one of us has a role to play in God's story. All of us have a role to play 
God has written each one of us into his epic story. That's staggering when you stop and think about it. And the part that we have to play is to tell other people about what Jesus has done, to be his agents of reconciliation, agents of restoration, his representatives, his ambassadors, his witnesses, the people who say, this is what I'm learning, this is what I've discovered, this is what it means for me to live the way that I believe we were created to live. And one of the most helpful words that I think sums all of that up is to be peace creators. We sometimes talk about being peacemakers, which is helpful, but I like the idea of being peace creators because it's even more intentional. We're called to be peace creators, people who live at peace with God, people who live at peace with the people around us in this world in which we live, people who create peace wherever we go, people who offer forgiveness, people who care, people who practice gratitude, people who practice generosity. And so another way of thinking about the question to reflect on this week is this. What does it look like to live as a peace creator? As I head out into this week, and as I think about all the things that are coming up this week and all the different situations that I'm going to find myself in, what does it look like for me to think of myself as a peace creator? A person who brings peace, God's peace, into every situation that I go into. A person who brings a sense of calm, a sense of stability into all the different places that I go. A person who practices forgiveness and practices what it looks like to let things go. A person who helps people to see the bigger picture, to be able to have a sense of peace because I'm not wrapped up in what's happening right now in this moment, but I can zoom out and see the bigger picture of what's going on, see beyond my current circumstances. Peace creators who don't even necessarily have to say anything, but sometimes are just peace creators because we're just in the right place at the right time able to wrap our arm around someone, able to just sit with someone and to bring that sense of peace and that sense of God's presence as we go. It always blows my mind that God trusts us enough to be his agents of peace. When I think about the reality that God created the universe and therefore has everything at his disposal, it shocks me that God doesn't choose another way of helping people to understand who he is and what he's done. There are infinite ways that God could come and help us to understand that. But he chooses us. Even though we're broken, even though we're flawed, even though we make mistakes, even though we don't get it right, God chooses us to be agents of peace. God chooses us to be his message bearers, to take his message into all the different places that we go. That's an incredible truth about what God thinks about us, how much God trusts us. And so I hope that it encourages us and it inspires us about what it looks like to then go and in our conversations with our families, with our neighbours, in our workplaces, at school, at uni, to be able to be people who are peace creators. The world around us is crying out and yearning for peace. So many people around us have no peace in their lives for all sorts of different reasons. We have this amazing opportunity and this amazing gift to be able to simply take the peace of God that's been given to us and to share that with the people that we interact with this week. That's what it means to be people who are on mission the way that we're called to be.
Let's pray. God, as I said, it blows my mind that you would choose to use us, to pick us, to be the people who would take this amazing message into the world. That right from the very beginning, the people that you chose, Jesus, to be your disciples, the people you chose to give this original commission to, people who were flawed, people who were uneducated, people who didn't have it together, people who doubted even the very essence of who you are and what you had done. And yet these are the people that you give this responsibility of saying, go and be peace creators. Take the message of peace everywhere you go. It's amazing that you trust us enough to be able to be the people who continue in that long legacy of people who follow you and who entrusted with this message. And so I ask that you would continue to challenge us about how much we understand what you have given to us. I ask that you would continue to challenge us about how much we recognise that you have given us everything we need to be people of peace. That our lives are not about working hard enough, striving enough, trying to get ourselves together enough so that hopefully one day we can get to that point. But it's about us stopping long enough to recognise it's already been given for us. It's already been done for us. So now you simply call us to go into all the world and to be your people, to live with that sense of peace at the core of who we are so that others can be welcomed into that, others can discover that. As I said, we know that this world around us, this community around us, the people around us are craving peace. So many people who are struggling to know what life is about, struggling with a lack of purpose, meaning in their lives, struggling with a sense of hopelessness. You've given us this amazing message. Help us to steward it well. Help us to be people who go and live as your special agents as we head into this week. In your name we pray. Amen.